It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our first post-NFL Draft episode of the offseason will run down the new group of commanders and get a little deeper into what happened on night one when the Washington Commanders added Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson to their roster right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms. And we thank you for making us your first listen of the day or your first view if you're joining us on YouTube. I am David Harrison covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation and my co-host Chris Russell, the Rooster, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980. Find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at DHarrison82, at WrestleMania621, and at LO Commanders. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We thank sponsors like Bet Online for keeping us free and available, Chris, so that anybody and everybody can come in and listen to us rant and rave about uh, our opinions about the Washington Commanders, specifically this week and really for the next couple of weeks as we continue to dissect this thing, talking about the Commanders' 2022 NFL draft class. They had about six choices at around 9 p.m. for the entire weekend to spend uh, on Thursday night, but they finished with eight because of a trade back. Um, They get a new speed receiver. They get a defensive tackle, a running back, a free safety, a quarterback, which was one of the more interesting moments of the weekend a tight end, a corner, and an offensive line. So for those who may have missed it or just don't have uh, the memory of a steel trap, let's go back through the picks real quick. Uh, round one, wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Round two, defensive tackle Fidarian Mathis, which uh, my co-host Chris Russell's updating on the script because for whatever reason I wrote Winfrey, I guess. Well, Carry on Winfrey and Fidarian. Yeah, I, I mean, they both start with P's, I guess. I just got my <laughs> D-line confused. Fidarian Mathis. Round three, running back Brian Robinson Jr. as Washington goes Alabama in consecutive picks. Uh, round four, free safety Percy Butler. Round five, quarterback Sam Howell and tight end Cole Turner join the team. And then in round seven, we get guard Chris Paul, who's going to be dishing out mad alley-oops and assists all year long, and cornerback Christian Holmes. So while you wanted to call Fedarian Winfrey and combine <laughs> Perion Winfrey and Fedarian Mathis, what did I keep calling Percy what was it, Percy Butler? Yeah, I think I can't remember. Well, yeah, I think it was Taylor. That you kept wanting to say Taylor, not like Butler. That. Yeah. Then I started thinking Percy Harvin, yeah. and then I was like Percy Miller, and I was like every Percy in the world except for the poor kid's actual <laughs> name, right? Which is Percy Butler, actually. So I guess I wasn't saying Percy Butler because the point of the story was I was saying just about everything else. Um, yeah, yeah David. I, I mean, look. Um, 
I guess we start with this six players into eight and that includes two trades, right? I mean, everybody remembers the first round trade on Thursday night, which, you know, we talked extensively about on our last full length episode. And of course it set the tone for the rest of the weekend, but they actually made two trades because they dumped out of the second pick that they had in the fourth round, 120 overall. And in the sixth round, right, where they had one pick and they combined that and pushed that into two early fifth round picks with, of course, the Carolina Panthers. They were taking command of another acquisition from the Carolina Panthers. But the two fifth round picks, while it kept the board even in terms of number of players, Mm -hmm. you know, two coming in, two going out. It allowed them to, I guess, get a little bit better value for both fifth-round picks. And you mentioned the quarterback, of course, Sam Howell from North Carolina uh, and uh, Cole Turner, the the, uh, tight end from the University of Nevada. And I guess when you look at this draft overall, a lot of fans were really, really, really unhappy, really unhappy through the first, let's call it four rounds, David, because fans, rightly or wrongly, have a tendency to overreact to projections by, you know, NFL.com and Daniel Jeremiah and Pro Football Focus and Bleacher Report and this ranking and that ranking and whatnot. And in the first round, in the second round, in the third round, and even in the fourth round, the first four picks, I, I would say fans were, I don't want to say completely outraged, but they were really frustrated, really disappointed, really on edge because they felt the team reached based on, again, projections, rankings, and even what some of the players themselves said to the media that was assembled at the Inova Sports Performance Center, which we were a part of when they were like, oh, yeah, you know, John Dotson was like, well, I wasn't even watching the draft. I was watching the NBA playoff game. Fenarian Mathis or Fenarian Winfrey was saying, oh, you know, I thought I was going to go, you know, here or there or whatever. I mean, but again, again, just summing up this so I'm not like a raving lunatic. Mm. Martin Mayhew told us on Saturday after the draft was complete. And and, and I do we have to believe this? I I don't know if we have to believe this, but what other choice do we have? He said, those on the inside know the deal. Those on the outside don't. What do you make of that philosophy, that premise, that posture, if you will, by the Washington Commanders, specifically by Martin Mayhew? I, I, I love it. I love the the mindset. You know what I mean? Because he's he's 100% right. Like, we're not in the room. We're not in the building. And, and you know, obviously, we value Bobby McCain specifically. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to throw out Bobby McCain's name specifically. We obviously value Bobby McCain in this uh, Jack Del Rio defense less than Jack Del Rio himself apparently does. The Washington Commanders, someone, someone in the building. And again, and these things are all fluid, right? I mean, not for nothing, but Jack Del Rio could actually be sitting there saying, I want Kyle Hamilton. I want Kyle Hamilton in my defense. And Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera say, no, we think you're good, brother. We're going to go somewhere else. And Scott Turner maybe rallies for a wide receiver like John. So these things are very dynamic. And I and what I can tell you is inside the war room, inside the organization, there are people that agree with the fans and with the media on some of these reaches. But there are also people who love the picks and think that they got great value. So, I mean, everything is subjective. And at the end of the day, if you're the Washington Commanders, and, uh, and truthfully, if you're a Commanders fan, 
I think you want your brain trust trusting their brain versus say, well, fans really don't like Fidari Mathis in the second round. Maybe we should wait till the third round. That's not that's not a good way. What's the old saying? Um, if you if you care too much about what the fans believe sooner and sooner or later, you're going to join them in the stands type of thing. That thing rings true. Anytime you're running an organization, you've got to be you got to trust your internal processes. You got to trust your evaluation because you know them day in, day out. You know what they bring to the organization, to the locker room and what you're trying to field as far as how your team is going to look, whether we agree with it on the outside or not. And, uh, you know, and Kyle Hamilton is, is a prime example. I mean, we went as far on this show, Chris, to say if Kyle Hamilton is available, number 11, no ifs, ands or doubts about it. You have to go Kyle Hamilton. Not only did Washington not go Kyle Hamilton at 11, he also went to 12 and 13 and, and they didn't take him in. And I saw some mocks where if he got past 11, the Minnesota Vikings ran the card up at number 12. So obviously the, the Washington Bears weren't the only ones who who had a little bit low, lower grade on Kyle Hamilton than the rest of us did. But also they didn't go free safety until day three. So if they viewed free safety as that big a need, right, as we did, as we do, I think you would have seen a pick in round two, round three, even if it's not Kyle Hamilton, Jaquan Brisker. Maybe they move up for Jalen Petrie. And who knows if Jalen Petrie was there in round two, uh, when Washington comes on the clock, maybe that's the pick. We're not going to know uh, those answers really, but it's well, just Risk, clear that Brisker was right. So he, he Brisker was, was right, right, but pick or two picks later or whatever. It yeah, was, Brisker but, was available. He's more of a box type guy. I mean, he yeah. has some coverage ability, but he's more of a box guy. Maybe right. they were looking for pure coverage. So as we look at Percy Butler, the knock on him is what physicality and the ability to tackle. We'll see if yep. he can improve in those things. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of his knock. So they went with the pure free safety. So maybe Jalen Petrie. If he's there, they go that direction instead of Fedarian Mathis. I don't know. We're not going to find that out. So, uh, you know, it just it's interesting to see how things you know blend out. But then that's what we're going to spend the next you know few episodes doing. We're going to go player by player, try to figure out if we can connect the dots of why why maybe we we thought differently than the team, but also what the team maybe is thinking uh, by adding these specific players. And we're going to do so, Chris. Thanks to our friends over at BetOnline.net, your number one source continuing all year long for all your betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at bet online where the game starts if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first watch. If you're watching on YouTube of the day, we appreciate each and every one of you, along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. You can follow David on SI.com's Fan Nation, covering the Washington Commanders, and as well on Twitter, of course, as you see on your screen, for those of you watching, at DHarrison82. You can follow me on Twitter, at WrestleMania6. 
to one. All right, David, uh, we did a general review to open up our first post-draft show. Uh, we will, again, get, as you mentioned, more specific along the lines, and we'll take deeper dives on all of these prospects or most of these prospects. So now it's time to take a rewind deep dive into Jahan Dotson, the first uh, pick number 16 overall in the first round. Now, we did a bunch of reaction uh, on our last full episode right after that, but, you know, emotions are fresh, and now we have an opportunity to kind of think and take a step back and a little bit in the rearview mirror. So I guess what what we wanted to do here was kind of, you know, take a slower kind of piece-by-piece look. As an athlete, John Dotson has been compared already to, and by Ron Rivera, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, to having some traits of Deshaun Jackson, some traits of Steve Smith, the guy Ron Rivera knew and knows very well who played for him in Carolina. Do you see as an athlete more Deshaun Jackson or more Steve Smith? Uh, I definitely see more Deshaun Jackson. I, you know, the, the fluidity there as an athlete, uh, his ability to accelerate, his ability to change gears. I mean, I, when you when you watch Jahan Dodson play, that's one of the things I think is really most uh, alluring about him is that he can set guys up, kind of lure them into a, a comfort zone of, okay, he's kind of coming out of uh, coming off the line a little bit slower, maybe a little bit more of a jog. This is probably going to be a, a quicker, you know, type of route. And he can hit the, he can hit the button like he can hit that gas pedal like like he's been shot out with a shot of Nas, you know what I mean, for all our Fast and Furious fans out there. Um, that's one of the most impressive things about him. What is less impressive about him uh, is his physicality, and and that's that's not a secret, and that's something that he even kind of mentioned talking about, and and that's, you know, you talk about the size of the fight and the dog versus the size of the dog in the fight. Jahan Dotson is not that big, but that's where I lose the Steve Smith comparison because Steve Smith – Will, will knock you out of the line of scrimmage trying to get off of press man coverage. So right. I would love to see Jahan Dotson get a little bit more of that Steve Smith in him because really that's all he's missing. But as a raw athlete, you've got the speed, short term, short or short area quickness and long field speed as you need it. You've got the ability in all three levels to make breaks, to get in and out of routes very quickly and create separation. The only thing he's missing is that ability to get off the line of scrimmage against really, really physical defensive backs. So when you look across the National Football League, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys got some physical defensive backs, uh, and, and that's the team you're chasing, right? You, you want to win your division before anything. So he's got to be able to learn how to fight off of those things, and that's something that we're going to be looking forward to as we get to the more physical parts of training camp leading into the preseason. I, I'm with you, but just going back to the whole Steve Smith, and, and Ron didn't say exactly like Steve Smith. He said kind of like Deshaun Jackson and kind of like Steve Smith. What part do you think he was talking about when it came to Steve Smith? Was it catch radius for a smaller guy? Was it ability to go over the middle for a smaller guy? What do you think, Ron, and I guess we're asking each other to speculate here, because that's mm -hmm. what I think. Did, did, did something else jump out in your mind? Because so when you're, I, right about, you're right about the physicality. That doesn't seem right. to be a big part of his game at a buck seventy-eight. Now, what I do see some C. Smith in uh, where, where I kind of compare the two between Deshaun Jackson and C. Smith is when Jahan Dotson's going after the football. Like when the football right. is in the air, Jahan Dotson does anything and everything he needs to do to be the guy coming down with the football. That's very Steve Smith like. Whereas Deshaun Jackson, I'm going to be quite honest with you, I mean, most of my time watching Deshaun Jackson and really kind of analyzing him, right, was obviously with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I saw highlights of these Eagles days and his Washington days and all that stuff. So maybe those things have kind of changed over the years. But what I saw from Deshaun Jackson from a deep deep dive standpoint 
is if he kind of knew that ball really wasn't set up for him to go get, he would coast and he would kind of back off of it. And maybe he would turn into a defender trying to throw a hand in there to keep the DB from getting the interception. But he didn't fight for the football the way that a guy like Steve Smith does. Jahan Dotson does do that on tape. And I think that's where you get a little bit more of the Steve Smith. So if you can get that aggression towards the ball in the air to translate into fight on the line of scrimmage, maybe get taught a little bit more, you know, let's be honest in college, even in the big 10, you know what I mean? Unless you're going up against like a Sean Wade at Ohio state or something like that. You don't need a lot of physicality at the line of scrimmage because cornerbacks, they're just, they're, they're not as talented. So that can, that's something that can be coached. The good thing is you see aggressive behavior from Jahan on the field, even at Penn state, which means the mentality is there. The willingness to be aggressive is there. Now he just needs a wide receiver coach to really come in and teach him how to put that aggression to use at the line of scrimmage. Well, that's Drew Terrell, who is apparently the only coach that he met with because he didn't meet Ron Rivera until he showed up with a football in a, out of the limousine off the private plane on Friday <laughs> late morning yeah. at the Anova Sports Performance Center in Ashburn. And I know you were at his introductory actual physical press conference. I was mm -hmm. not, uh, but that kind of stood out to me. One yeah. other quick thing uh, about about this, you know, I, I started thinking about this and I wanted to bounce this off of you in terms of fit, in terms of what you were just talking about, the physicality, the size, uh, you know, getting off press coverage. I wonder with it, assuming that everybody's healthy, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, uh, Deami Brown, yeah. uh, again, Jahan Dotson, do teams have to play much more off man cushion zone coverage because no. they're scared to death of the speed? and the deep speed and being beaten off the line of scrimmage. Yes, 100%. And, and if you're Scott Turner, you're going to force their hand uh, to do so because what what you notice about this Washington depth chart now, wide receiver, outside of maybe a guy like Cam Sims, is uh, Terry McLaurin can play outside and inside successfully. Curtis mm -hmm. Samuel, outside and inside successfully. Jahan Dotson, again, we're just taking college tape right now, but outside and inside successfully. Uh, uh, Deami Brown, again, not as much as we wanted to see in his rookie season, but we know that physically he's capable of playing inside and outside. So you literally have your top four wide receivers, you assume, or, or you know, four or five, depending on where Sims kind of fits in there eventually, with the ability to form uh, any type of formation you want in Scott Turner's offense. So Scott Turner maximizes his creative balance. And again, you can't ask players to memorize 500 play calls, so there's a little bit of a limitation there as well. But if you're Scott Turner, you know, it, it, to me, you should be bringing at least, I would say, three different looks to every single game especially your divisional opponents because that will force them into zone coverage because so what is man coverage man is i get on your hip i read the formation i read your tendencies i kind of go with you try to get a little bit of prediction of what i think you're going to do and then react off your body zone is pure read like you just said zone recovery right it's pure read. you stand back and you just kind of react to what is happening what is easier for a quarterback to throw against typically it's zone you just have to know where the guys are going because zones are typically tethered to kind of a focus point so if you force your defenses to play more zone because, man, we've studied a lot of Jahan Dotson on the outside with Curtis Samuel on the inside, on the right side of the formation. But now the first time the Cowboys see him, you got Jahan Dotson in the slot on the left, Curtis Samuel's on the outside on the right, Deami Brown's on the slot on the right. We have no idea what's about to come at us. We're going to shift into a zone coverage, probably a two deep because of the amount of speed on the field, which means we're going to open up our defense. And now if we're in a run play, we've got guys playing on their heels or we're playing in zone coverage. Now Carson Wentz. If I see this DB is not bailing into a quarter, I know he's probably playing that intermediate hook zone. Now I can I can operate with that knowledge and throw comfortably into a window. It's a great asset for a guy like Scott Turner. It's just, again, the question is going to be how much can he maximize the creativity, not just within his own mind, but how much can this roster execute within that creativity?
Well, you know what'll be really interesting is if Curtis Samuel can actually be on the field yes, this year, along with Logan Thomas, right? Who we know, you know, is a weapon. We know both of those guys are weapons. The right. question is, is again, can they get anything out of them uh, in terms of both recovering, you know, from significant injuries or significant injury situations? Because that will make it like you said, really, really juicy, if you will, formation-wise, um, you know, when they go against especially familiar opponents like you were just talking about, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. All right, um, here's the thing with Jahan Dotson. Um, we're going to get more into, uh, I, again, I, I guess our deep dive, uh, if you will, um, and, and what would have happened if other guys would have been on the board still at the time uh, that they made the pick at number 16, because the pick itself was fairly simple if you really look at it after they make the decision to trade down from number 11. We're going to examine that. What would have happened? And more on a deep dive on the first round pick for the Washington Commanders, Jahan Dotson. That's next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But guys, summer is coming. Yes, now that the NFL draft is complete, we are in the month of May and the heat is soon. The summer means you're going to be on the run. You're going to be on vacation. You're going to be going away for little day trips, all of that. And it is really, really, really hard to eat healthy, but not if you pack your snack bags uh, with Built Bars and Built Bar Puffs. You guys know that we tell you, David and I tell you all the time about both the Built Bars and the Puffs. The Puffs are the first protein-infused marshmallow, so many delicious flavors, including my favorite, banana cream pie. If you like a little cinnamon churro, they've got that too. The Built Bars, so many different flavors. And here's the best part. Again, they're chocolate, soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate. They taste absolutely like the best candy bar you're ever going to eat, only they have so few calories and so little net carbs and grams of sugar, you are going to know that it's good for your body. About 140 or so calories per each Built Bar. All right, go to Built.com, guys. Get all your favorites. Again, the Puffs or the Built Bars, they're always coming out with new flavors. So check it out at Built.com. When you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Final segment here of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Kicking off our post-draft coverage uh, for the Washington Commanders. David Harrison and Chris Russell here uh, on Twitter at WrestleMania621 at dharrison 82 to 82 the show at lo commanders now we're going to get into our what if part of this discussion and if you're a marvel fan yes i what if uh, a great series there. just kind of looking at some alternate dimension type of things and then at the end of this thing we're going to come back to what actually happened and we'll drop our final grade for the washington commander selection of penn state wide receiver Jahan dotson in the first round of the 2022 nfl draft so chris let's kick this off with 
uh, the decision that um, didn't have to happen, but was was speculated that could happen potentially. Chris Olave, wide receiver at Ohio State. Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama from Ohio State, actually via Ohio State, transferred from the Buckeyes to the Crimson Tide. So not only did the Washington Commanders really kick off the trading here in the first round and for the NFL draft, but they also kicked off sort of the wide receiver run because the New Orleans Saints trade up to 11 from 16 with Washington. They take Chris Olave from Ohio State, the receiver who's been tied to them uh, quite often throughout the draft process. And then right after that, the Vikings actually trade out as well. And Jamison Williams becomes the next wide receiver off the board. So back-to-back Buckeyes kind of. And well, they were were because Garrett Wilson went before Olave and then back to back to back Buckeyes. If you consider that once you're a Buckeye, you're always a Buckeye. So Jameis Williams, Jamison Williams, still a Buckeye there. If Olave or Jamison Williams were to have slipped to number 16, if the Saints straight up for, I don't know, Kenny Pickett instead of, of Chris Olave uh, and so on and so forth. Do you think the decision to take Jahan Dotson still would have been the decision? Or do you think Olave or Williams trumps what they were trying to do there. Yeah, David, I think Alave would have been the pick at number 16 if he was still there. Um, as a matter of fact, what I wonder, and I don't know how you feel about this, if they knew the Saints were going to grab Alave by moving up with them at number 11, even though they desperately needed the extra picks, third and fourth round, would they have made the trade? I, I don't know. I, I mean, that was a question we, I guess, couldn't have answered or couldn't have gotten answered because they wouldn't have answered it honestly uh, right. on the record, right? That's something that you know you're going to have to kind of ask privately and source. Uh, so maybe we can dig on that. Um, and then on top of that, say Olave would have been gone, which he was, if Jamison Williams was the choice over mm. Jahan Dotson. I tend to lean. This is me mm -hmm. towards Jamison Williams. Yeah. I, I even though he's an injury risk coming off the torn ACL might not be available right away. I think they would have gone there. Mm -hmm. The other question that I wonder about, not just wide receiver, if you think about it, when they make the trade from 11 to 16, uh, 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 Olave goes, we mentioned Jamison Williams, Jordan Davis goes, and Kyle Hamilton, who you you know mentioned earlier in this episode, and who we pre predicted, projected, took in our ultimate mock draft, they all went in between. There was really only one player that I didn't think Kenyon Green that they would have been really interested in in that spot. Yeah, and maybe they could have, but I, I mean, the point being is by moving from eleven to sixteen, while they gained all this ammunition, they did lose out on some players, and I wonder if the decision would have been different. That being said, dots in the pick. I, I think I think really then the the next argument becomes Dotson over Traylon Burks, right? And right. clearly they the the speculation was because they didn't have this, they wanted a bigger bodied wide receiver. Well, they did just the opposite. When the bigger bodied wide receiver that they supposedly really, really wanted in Drake London, which was take who was taken at number eight by old friend Kyle Smith and the Atlanta Falcons, all of mm. a sudden. Ah, bigger body receiver who needs them. Uh, you know, we're going to be fun bunch 2.0. Yeah. You know? And, and, and so it's funny how all of these pieces and all of these, uh, what, what would you call them? Chess pieces mm -hmm. kind of go off the board around the board and change 
literally with one decision. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you believe the narrative that they were looking to get more physical, you know, you look across the NFL draft and what what the commanders did. That's exactly what they did. They got more physical. And that's what Martin Mayhew was kind of uh, emphasizing throughout the weekend. Uh, I think Chris Olave is, is obviously better fits that description than a guy like Jahan Dotson does. So, yeah, I think Chris Olave definitely has picked Jamison Williams. I actually almost wonder if maybe there's a little bit of discussion, not from the outside. I think on the outside, everybody says Jamison Williams is the better all-around wide receiver versus Jahan Dotson. But you look at Jamison Williams, I would say he's more explosive and less dynamic than Jahan Dotson. So Dotson can do a little bit of everything at all three levels of the field, whereas Jamison Williams, really you're looking at short area. Can you give him the ball quick and get him some space to get, get going? And then deep area, whereas over the middle in the NFL, just because of his slight frame and stature, uh, maybe – not going to be able to hold up to that type of punishment uh, quite as well. Traylon Burks, uh, we've talked about this. I've been lower on Traylon Burks since he climbed into really the middle part of the first round discussion. I felt like he was a back end uh, day one type of prospect from the get go back when he was a day three projection. Then he climbed all the way up into like the top 12, 15 range. Now I'm pumping the brakes saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think he's necessarily all that. And honestly, the NFL seems to kind of have agreed with me considering him going. I think what two picks later. Uh, there to Tennessee. So I agree. I like the, the fact that they went Dotson over Burks. And I think that maybe they did when, maybe when Drake London came off the board, there are options at wide receiver. Were like, look, we're going to get more physical and more, uh, more, more, a, more able bodied within the, the eight to 10 yard range of the line of scrimmage, or we're going to go this other direction. We're going to get very, very explosive and dynamic at all three levels. So if that was the game plan coming in, they definitely executed that. The decision that I would have made Chris here in this situation uh, with what what was on the board, not what could have been on the board, but what the the Washington Commanders were facing with the 16th overall pick. Honestly, I find it very difficult to go against what they did. I think I probably still would have looked at a guy like Devin Lloyd to 16 if if I thought maybe I could get him later. He ends up going 27th overall. Uh, they obviously didn't go linebacker here. I've liked Jahan Dotson. We even mock drafted him to the Buccaneers in the first round in our ultimate mock draft. So I really like the pick of Jahan Dotson here at 16. I don't know that if I give given the chance to do a, a do over, I don't know that I change it. I, you know, I totally understand where you're going w w with that. I, I think it's as we thought Thursday night. I think it's still a little bit too early, but ultimately you had to think that maybe Tennessee after that trade might go there, Green Bay, somebody else, Kansas City who might you know might jump up. You just never know how things are going to change. So if you like a player, really like a player, and have a strong conviction and feel that's your top need as well to make your offense most or more explosive, then you take him at 16. And what's the difference if he goes at 16 or 20 or 21 or 22 other than maybe getting a couple more picks, which certainly Martin Mayhew admitted that they could have had. All right, final report card grade real quick for the pick of Jahan Dotson from Penn State at number 16 overall for you, David. I'm going to go with a B. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to go with a B. I like the fit. I like what Jahan Dawson brings to the field. Obviously, I did have a round one uh, grade. I don't actually grade, so I'm going to say a grade in, in, in uh, quotation marks there. Um, I, it gets a little bit more of a bump. Probably would have been like a B minus if it weren't for the trade, but because of the trade, that also gets uh, some draft capital. I give it a strong B, bordering on B plus, but I think I give it a B. Uh, it's a good fit. It's a good need. And again, if Jahan can bring what the team hopes he's going to bring, it's going to help unlock a lot of potential in the offense. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, it's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, I, I can't go B-plus just yet because I don't know if how over-aggressive they may have been, but 
I think a solid B with a potential for a lot more. He has the potential to really help this team in a lot of different ways, short term and long term, especially if for whatever reason they can't get Terry McLaurin under contract. All right, guys, we will have more coverage of the entire draft for the Washington Commanders throughout the week and in the days ahead. Stay with us as we will take deep dives on most of these uh, prospects, including Fedarian Mathis coming up uh, in the next coming days. Thanks again for making the Lockdown Commanders podcast your first listen and your first watch of the day. Now make your second listen and watch the Locked On NFL podcast. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus Locked On NFL hosts representing all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with, again, another episode. We'll get deeper into the draft class. If you want to hop in, 301-615-3577 or Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com. For David Harrison covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Med Her Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app if you're out in about. Please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.